Why don't you take a seat here tonight? Can we thank the worship team? They are A grade. I'm so grateful. You know, the last few weeks as I've been getting up to introduce the speaker, I love this problem. Welcome this evening. We're bringing extra seats because we're out of seats. Welcome, my friends. So glad that you're here tonight. It's wonderful. Uh, I've been introducing the guest speaker and there's been a dual purpose in it. As I'm introducing the speaker, what I'm actually doing is I'm actually calling the church to attach to the word as it goes out. And right now I'm going to introduce myself. (laughs) I'm going to prep for myself so that as the word goes out, we would attach and take a hold of the word tonight. See, it's a twofold dance. There are two parties engaged in the going out of the word tonight. See, I'm going to pour out and I pray that the Holy Spirit would be in my mouth and fill my words as the, as the Word of God goes out tonight. I'm going to play my part. But friends, I'm inviting you too to pray your part, to play your part in the reception of the Word, the hosting of the Word, the reverence of the Word. I was watching um, Tarzan and Jane last night. Has anybody seen that movie, the more recent one? I actually loved it. The cinematography is gorgeous, just as a side note. And there's these amazing interactions with Jane and Tarzan and the gorillas, which are like maverick gorillas. They're full on. They're a force of nature. They're called the king of the jungle for a good reason. They're this incredible figure of um, force and authority in the jungle. And what I love, there was a couple of scenes where Tarzan and Jane had a union with the jungle. They understood the jungle and the jungle understood them. And they had these parts parties with them and they had to explain to them um, how to win the trust of the gorillas so as not to be beaten up by them. Basically, there was these incredible scenes and they would coach um, their offsider basically to save their life, to spare them so that they win, win grace with these mighty muscular um, incredible gorillas. And, and basically they said, drop to your knees and expose your vulnerable part and offer your hand, and they they took reverence, they came right down low before the gorilla, and they humbled themselves, and basically, if they got that right in that split second, their life would be spared, and I love that posture before the king, before the king of the jungle, that reverence, and what I feel like in Australia is that if we're not careful, we can let the reverence part go, we can let the fear of God part go, and tonight, just like Tarzan and Jane postured themselves ultimately by surrender, I love that they said, expose your vulnerable part and, and you will be spared. And that basically they would lift their hands in a sign of surrender ultimately. They, re- they went so low, they lifted their hand higher than their face. They went so low to the earth. And in that posture of surrender, they would be spared. Now tonight, I want to encourage you to come in a posture of surrender as the word goes out. Expose your vulnerable part tonight. Open your heart tonight to the word as it goes out. And can I encourage us to increase our reverence around the word tonight? And how we do that is we decide that I'm going to attach and engage from beginning to end. You know, sometimes I literally sit right on the edge of my seat as the word's going out, and I just kind of hover there, and I hover there, and I'm ready to receive. And friends, I want to hear from you tonight, not from my benefit. My security is in the Lord. He fills my love tank. He's got me covered. But for your benefit, can you lift your voices up tonight? If you hear something that resonates tonight, because what happens is you become 
become a partner in the engagement when you lift your voice up, when you stir your spirit, when there's a little bit of reverence for the word, not passivity, but activity as we take a hold of the word tonight. So friends, can I hear an amen in this place tonight? Oh, that was good. Oh, you guys are so good at this. Wow, such a good start. Wow, so we're coming around this fresh theme, one another, and uh, I'm going to unpackage Matthew 6, 9 to 13 tonight, which is uh, the prayer that Jesus teaches us how to pray. And the title of my message tonight is Our Father. And if I'm honest, in the whole prayer, I just can't quite get past that part, Our Father. And let me read it to you. Pray therefore like this. I kind of feel like I want to kneel as I pray this tonight. Jesus taught us how to pray like this. Pray therefore like this. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Amen. Amen. How sacred are the scriptures. They're from Jesus given to us direct sacred scribings to strengthen us and to light the path for us. You know, in this entire prayer, like I said, I just can't get past our Father, our Father. You know, the Father's heart leaves the 99 and goes after the one. Do you know he left the 99 to find you? Do you know he came looking for you? He was in pursuit of you until you saw him. Until you saw him, he pursued you. His love came after you. You know, we could easily be eclipsed by our 99 and not see the one if we're not careful, friends, because we all have our sphere of responsibility and we tend to give our first energy and attention to that. Tonight, I want to impart the heart of the Father into our community here tonight, and that would see the one carry and host the 99 and still see the one. We are called to see with the Father's eyes. You know, the burden for the one feels like a little thorn in your heart. You just can't let it go and you certainly can't forget about it. It just sits there and twings and twinges and gets your attention. When the Father puts his burden in your heart, you can't neglect it, you can't deny it, you can't put it to the side, you have to respond. And I pray that the heart of the Father would be imparted into this community tonight because God's love is relentless. And when it gets in us, it's a force of nature. It's a powerful force of nature. It moves us beyond our daily rhythms. It causes us to lift up our eyes and pour out our lives and see others. This is the nature of the Father's love. And, you know, I spent some time in prayer this week. Um, there's one 
of our members who is just sort of hovering on the fringe, one valued individual. See, every one of you are so loved. I want you to know that Pastor Hearts and I have the utmost regard for every single one of you. We see you, we love you, we're for you. We just wanna see you live your best life. We do everything we can in our power within this community to see you flourish. You matter to us. Every single one of you, you matter to us. And I was praying about one person, like a thorn in my heart, I was burdened for this individual. And I felt specifically to pray against the effect of confusion. And by the end of the week, I received an email, the clearest communication I've ever received from this individual, clarity came. See, here's this thing, God will show us how to reach each one. He knows the key that turns the lock for every single one. If we just make ourselves available, he'd actually burden our heart and partner with us. We're meant to co-labor to extend the kingdom of heaven. It's our privilege. We get to partner with heaven. Do we need to turn that off? Is anyone else having issues with the... We might do that. Did anyone else notice the side fan? Brittany, you noticed that? Hands up if you noticed the side fan. Yes, 50% of the room. Let just, can we just look after that for you? Because I appreciate these things are highly distracting. <laughs> God will show us how to reach each one. And I love um, this story in Luke 15 too, and it says, And the Pharisees and the scribes kept muttering and indignantly complaining, saying, This man accepts and receives and welcomes preeminently wicked sinners and eats with them. See, the Pharisees couldn't get past their own judgment. They had a culture of exclusion and their expectations were unattainable, of unattainable perfection for people. Basically, that was the culture of the Pharisees, and Jesus' grace was grading up against their spirit of judgment. You can hear it. It says, and the Pharisees and the scribes kept muttering, indignantly complaining, saying, this man accepts and receives and welcomes preeminently wicked sinners and eats with them. You can hear their judgment is getting rubbed up the wrong way with Jesus' grace. And it goes on to say, so he told them this parable. See, Jesus helps us. When our, per, our spirit is imperfect, he imparts his own to help grace us to love one another. So he told them this parable. What man of you, if he has a hundred sheep and should lose one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine? in the wilderness desert and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. He imparted a sense of loss into their hearts through this illustration so they could experience his heart. See, every single one that doesn't know the sound of his voice matters to him. He loses sleep at night for those ones. His heart is pierced with a thorn for those ones and he will relentlessly pursue them. The people that matter to you, that don't yet know the sound of his voice, that don't yet, aren't yet in communion with him, let me tell you, his love is in fierce pursuit of them. Till their last breath, he will, he will cross paths, divine orchestration after divine orchestration. He'll, he'll, he'll navigate through the complexity of who they are. There is no heart heart that he cannot reach. He'll pursue, he'll pursue, 
you, he'll pursue. He's relentless, he's relentless, he's relentless. This is his very nature. And what I'm doing here under this theme, one another, our Father tonight, is I'm just bringing that spirit, the heart of the Father, into the room tonight. I'm going to put it as the centerpiece here tonight, and I'm going to share it with you if you were to receive it tonight. And let me tell you, it'll change you. You'll live different, you'll sound different, you'll walk different, you'll pour out different if you let a little bit of the Father's heart get deep down on the inside of you and watch what He will do. Come on, saints. He imparted a sense of loss into their hearts. It was the only way that they could understand why He would leave the 99 and go after the one. He helped them experience his heart. And then it goes on to say, and when he has found it, when he's found that sheep, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. There was a moment he rejoiced about you. There was an angelic host party in heaven going down the day that you saw him and you received him and you stepped into relationship. There's a party about your salvation that continues. He keeps celebrating your salvation, his communion, his union with you. It matters more than anything. He just wants to be with us. He wants to hear from us. He, he wants a, a, a conversation flow to happen. He wants to be in legit relationship with us, not religious, but legit. It, it needs to be real and palpable, not cold and distant. He wants to be in our pocket. He wants to walk with us, wrestle with us. He's not afraid of getting in the mud with us. This is his nature. And when that one was found, he lay it on his shoulders rejoicing. And I rejoice when I received that email this week, when that one could see when clarity came and we had communication, I felt like that that member of our house is going to come home on Sunday carried on the shepherd's shoulders. That one is going to return. And I just, I just had some moves. I just had a little, probably it was the highlight for me this week. Honestly, it's a blur, the things that happen in a week, but that is a highlight for me because heaven's heart is my own and I want to see each one returned. This is the heart of our Father. You know, when you feel prompted to lean in and pursue someone, do it. Someone's freedom is on the other end of your obedience. Amen. Amen. You know, someone's attachment to the house is on the other end of your obedience. There's a difference between attending church and being attached to church. And I pray there's some people sitting in this room tonight that just find themselves getting attached to the house, not just attending the house, but getting engaged and interwoven into the rhythms of this house. The blessing, the highest oil falls on those that are right in the heart of the house. So friends, I'm just kind of coaxing you in. I'm reeling you in. I'm calling you into the heart because it says those that are planted in the house, those that are attached to the house will flourish. And I want to see you flourish. I want to see you live your highest call out in Jesus' mighty name. There's a difference between attending church and being attached. There are a lot of floating attendees. I pray somebody gets anchored here tonight. Every sheep comes home carried on someone's shoulders, not on a program or preaching, but a person. Jesus ministers through people. We can all carry one. We will generally have our 99 ministry and it's high profile and it's front and center. 
and mine is silver water in all her glory. Broadly speaking, silver water is my 99. The 99 is what's familiar. The one may be inconvenient, sacrificial, uncomfortable, walking off the page of your plans and acknowledging his plan, his higher plan. The Holy Spirit leads us off the path at times because he sees the one and because he echoes the heart of the Father. The Holy Spirit partners with people that are available, hearts that are free from self-occupation. I pray that a layer of self-occupation just kind of gets dropped off tonight and a little bit more of Christ's occupation gets instilled in our hearts tonight. We are as available as Christ occupies us, as occupied as we are by Christ is what allows us and, and fuels us and makes us available for heaven's purpose on the earth. The Father doesn't measure the numbers in the church. He measures the love. See what I mean? I can't get past our Father. Tammy, do you know what I mean? Fellow studier of the Word of God, I just cannot get past our Father, and you of all would appreciate why our Father. He is, we don't pray our judge, we pray our Father, not judge, Father. He has the authority to judge, but he gives us permission to approach him as Father. This means I can approach as an heir, royalty, boldly. I'm given all permission, all authority. And I could also approach with transparency, like between a father and a child. He has known me since my mother's womb. He has watched me grow and evolve He knows the motives of my heart. He knows the motives of my heart. Yet he would still choose to be with me, to be my father, to allow me access. He sees all the blackness, the dullness, the selfishness. Yet he says, come as my child. One of my favourite things in all the world is to feel understood. Can I get a hands up? If you also appreciate feeling understood. He makes me feel understood. So many times in life I've been misinterpreted. I'm a bit of a, can be creative chaos, can go on random tangents, so easy to understand, misunderstand one another. I don't always take the time or the energy to defend myself. I don't always feel like there's great purpose or fruit in that. And there's lots of that around my life. But before him, I feel understood. And it's a breath of fresh air. I'm so grateful. Things like that really matter to me. More than stuff. I don't care so much. I'm not particularly materialistic. I don't really care about stuff. I just like to feel understood. In fact, he does judge, but he judges as father. Which is not to judge, but to advocate. In fact, when Jesus left earth, and he was taken home to heaven. It says in John 16, 7, he said, but it's profitable, profitable for me to go because if I don't go, the Holy Spirit won't come, who is described as the comforter, the counsellor and advocate. God the Father is our advocate. Jesus is our advocate and the Holy Spirit is our advocate. You know, I remember I have a great father. Has anyone met my dad? He is a truly, truly great father, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. I have, um, I've got no reason to be dysfunctional. I've been so loved. 
I have been I have been raised on love, proper love, and I'm grateful to my parents. And I remember one night I was um, 17 years old, and I was on the tipping point of coming to do C3 College. And who knows, there is a bit of contention around the call at times. And it was the middle of the night, and I was sitting at the dining table with my father having a debate across the table because there was a boy that was a little bit distracting at the time and was the reason that I got home so late. <laughs> I was, I know, hearts, shame, shame. I won't mention a name because it might cause a situation that we don't need. <laughs> uh, and um, I was a little bit entangled in that situation. My father had the higher perspective and the higher view. And what it felt like as we were sitting at that table, he was advocating for my future. He was wrestling with me for my future because he could see a Hartley Taylor in my future. Come on. He could see a prince awaiting in my future. Hartley Taylor is without flaw. Can I just say that? I am literally married to a prince. He is phenomenal. I'm so blessed. You're the best thing. The best decision I ever made alongside Jesus. Right up there. Neck and neck. <laughs> but I was sitting and um, there was always contention over our future and our higher call. And I was trying to get disentangled from this relationship because I knew it wasn't my best option. In fact, I knew if I, if I stayed attached to this boy, I'd end up in the Barossa Valley where I grew up and I'd be there for the rest of my life and I'd close the door on the call. I, I knew that deep in my heart, my father was advocating for my future. He said, Nat, if you go like this, if I can't trust you here, how can I trust you in Sydney? Oh, he said some hard truths. Wow, that hurt. As we sat at the dining table though, in the middle of the night, he was fighting for my future and he helped me kind of get disentangled from these things that were going to corrode my future and he helped set me on a course. Now, the Father does not judge. He advocates for our future. He advocates for our greater life. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. He was holding me to account. That's what a good father does. That's what a good pastor does, a good leader does. He holds us to account to live our, our better selves. I'm going to drill through a few of these last points. It goes on to say who is in heaven. He's high above. He's seated in heavenly places. Let's remember his sovereignty. Even though he's so personal, let's not grow familiar. Let's remember to revere him, to be in awe of him. Where is the reverence gone from the house of God? Where is the fear of God gone? I want to lift it up. I want to magnify it tonight. I want to correct it here tonight. Let us not grow familiar with who he is. He's, he's, he's perfect. He's a good, good father. He'll never expose you. He'll never lie to you. He'll never undermine you. He'll never silence you. He'll never ignore you. He'll never pressure you. He will cover you. He'll impart truth to you. He'll back you. He'll champion your voice. He'll see you. He'll empower you. This is our good, good father. And when he does correct us, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. It's his kindness that will lead you to repentance. Tonight, I just feel a call to come back to the Father, to return to Him face to face, transparent here tonight. Why don't you just stand right across this room to not neglect to be face to face with our Father.
to not let the issues of the heart, the, the priorities of our agenda get in the way of being face-to-face, communing with our Heavenly Father. He's so good. He sees you. He's got you. He's not far removed from you. And He's leaning in right now. In fact, I feel like tonight there's some people that need to receive the Son in order to see the Father. In fact, I feel like there's some Christians that need to receive the Son afresh in order to see the Father. I was watching this little documentary recently and a father was running a marathon to raise funds for a charity organisation because his son had passed away. And when his son passed away, his organs were donated to other people to keep them alive. And one day as he was running, he crossed paths and he had a sacred introduction with a young man who was carrying the heart of his son. And he put a stethoscope on and he put the stethoscope to the heart of that young man. And he heard the heart of his son beating in the chest of that young man. And tonight I want to ask you, if I was to hold a stethoscope to your chest tonight, would God hear the heartbeat of his son on the inside of your chest? Here tonight, you need to see the son in order to see the father in all his fullness, in all his glory. You need to see him through the eyes of the son who redeems, who restores, who puts your feet upon a rock. So I want to ask in this place tonight, I want you to bow your heads in a moment of reverent prayer and introspection. I want you to consider in your heart Tonight, do I need to reclaim, restore, repent, correct my heart back to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord, as my Saviour, in order to see the Father? If you've never prayed a prayer that recognises your need for Jesus, I want to lead you in that prayer right now. If you've prayed that prayer, but you've got complacent, familiar, and growing cool in your revelation and your relationship with Him, I want to pray that with you here tonight. If you have uncertainty in your heart, if you were to graduate out of this life into eternity, that you would land in heaven. Jesus is the gateway into heaven. And I want to pray this prayer with you here tonight. And I feel more than anything that there are Christians here tonight that need to break through religiosity and need to receive their Saviour afresh here tonight so that you have undiluted, absolute confidence of your salvation, that the beat of Christ would be on the inside of you. If God were to lean in and listen to your heart tonight, that he would hear the sound of Jesus Christ resounding back to him here tonight. So considering your own heart, am I in right relationship with Jesus Christ? Because you are so loved. And all the Father wants is for you to see the Son. And all the Son wants is for you to see the Father. If you need to return to him tonight, don't be reluctant, don't hold back, don't walk out stuck here tonight. Get liberated here tonight and choose 
Jesus in this place. Those of you that need to choose Jesus here tonight, I want you to lift your hands right where you're standing. I'm going to see your hand and I'm going to pray with you tonight. For many of you, it's going to feel like a rerouting. You feel like you've gone off course. You've taken the off-road option. You've gone off course and you're going to reroute back to your true north tonight. For some, I feel like I'm fighting for the future of your salvation, for the fullness of your salvation, that you wouldn't be stuck in anonymity, that you wouldn't be stuck in, in a dry place, but you would return to the well, return to the richness, return to a real relationship with Jesus Christ here tonight. So those of you resting in your heart, just lift your hand nice and high. I'm going to see your hand here tonight. An indication I need to pray that prayer that takes a hold of Jesus here tonight. I don't want to be stuck. I want to accept him here tonight. Then lift your hand nice and high. And I'm going to pray with you here tonight. In a moment, in a heartbeat, things shift as we take a hold of him. He will pursue you to the ends of the earth. But at some point, the ball is in your court. You have to take a hold of him. Even if you prayed the prayer before, but you need to reroute, get clear and get confident in your faith tonight, then I want you to lift your hand nice and high. I'm going to see your hand and I'm going to pray with you tonight. Lift your hand right where you're standing in indication, Jesus, I take a hold of you tonight. I accept you tonight. I need you here tonight. Lift your hand up and I'm going to see you. This moment is for someone. Don't come to me at the end of the service. The moment is now. Just lift your hand right where you are. And I'm going to see you. And I'm going to pray with you. God only knows one mode. And that is life and life to the full. He only knows one mode, only one approach. And that is life and life to the full. If you feel like your salvation isn't expressing its fullness, I want to pray with you tonight. Lift your hand right where you're standing. And we're going to pray. and It's going to be a game changer. There's going to be release, a, a, a shift of the course of your life as you respond. Come on, let's pray right across this room. Let's just lift our voices. Jesus up, lift Jesus up, lift Jesus up. Jesus, Jesus. 